This week on Rotten or Righteous, we asked the question, how much power does one congressperson really have? Welcome to Rotten or Righteous Podcast, the show where we watch faith-based movies and then tell you what we think about them. This week is the concluding week of our Hallmark Christmas Movie Month, the month where we let our wives choose the movies that we watched. So I'm so very thankful to be done with that. Joining me today, he's been sent here to write some damning report to shut down the show just so some congressman can fill her quota, Luke Taylor. Well, Have a day. Well, if the protagonist in this movie is major eye candy, then he is Colonel I. Spinach, Scott Judge. <laughs> I love spinach. Ew, I hate spinach. And as for me, I'm the longest-running humanitarian military operation, Zach Geiler. Before we begin, I would like to remind you that you can stay up to date to the latest R&R news by liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rottenorrighteous. We're now on Instagram. If you want to follow us, search for R&R Media. Subscribe to our show in order to get episodes as soon as they release on Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or SoundCloud. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and give us a quick review and five stars. It helps us reach a larger audience. And if you like the show... Why? What are you thinking? Now, seriously, if you like the show, tell someone about us. And if you have suggestions for a movie or television show you would like us to review, or if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach us at rottenorrighteous at gmail.com or on Facebook Messenger. Please visit our website, rottenorrighteous.com, and see what's going on over there. Also, if you haven't noticed already, stay tuned a bit after the closing music, because there's a blooper or something that had to be cut from the show, but doesn't deserve to just be deleted in my trash can. So... Without further ado, let's just dive straight into this movie. Is that okay with you, Scott? That's good, Seth. <laughs> okay. Dive. That's a, that's an appropriate Guam term. Okay. Dive. Let us dive. dive. Let us scuba in. Let us not scuba into the movie. I did want to start our review by asking a question I haven't asked before. Did either of you really want to watch this movie? Uh, yeah, well, I, I did. I kind of was interested in it because it was about Guam. Well, Other than that, no. Scott has been wearing a skirt during all these Christmas movies, so I I am sure that he got his little Young at Heart group together, and they all sat around and watched this movie in their knitting circle. We did, but, and sang Kumbaya. <laughs> Like, like for example, we watched the trailers for The Borrowed Christmas and The Spirit of Christmas, and I had no problem starting The Borrowed Christmas because I knew how bad it was going to be, and I just wanted to see how bad it was going to be. And, and like, The Spirit of Christmas, again, we have a ghost falling in love with a lady, and that's real, real, at least interesting. But Operation Christmas Drop, I don't know, guys. This week, it was just a struggle to, to sit down and commit to watching this movie. It was just... I just really, really didn't want to do it. <laughs> I didn't feel that same way, but after I uh, watched it, 
Uh, we'll struggle. I've watched uh, we'll it. We'll talk about that later. I've watched it four times now. I'm sure you have. What? <laughs> not only not only did I watch it once, but twice, but three times, but four. And I think I'll watch it again. I I don't want you on the podcast anymore. It, it had catchy tunes. <laughs> catchy tunes? Oh, yeah. Christmas did... songs with a fiddle. Oh, yeah, there were a few. Okay. Did open up with Queen Bee singing, followed yeah. by CeeLo Green, so... That was That's something. an instant boycott from me. I hate Beyonce. Yeah, but I like CeeLo Green. Uh, a plane. <laughs> we start out with a plane flying through the air, dropping crates labeled Operation Christmas Drop onto a tiny island. Next, we're in a snowy D.C. as a legislative aide named Erica is Christmas shopping for a congresswoman that she works for. She receives a text about an article on Operation Christmas Drop, which is a charity ran out of an Air Force base in Guam. We learn that the congresswoman she works for doesn't like the base, and she is currently, the congresswoman is currently working on closing unneeded uh, military bases. But then we're taken to Guam, where Major Eye Candy Andrew is trying to FaceTime with his family at home in Indiana. But it's not going well because the family set up their router in a barn and they just do not understand how to set up a simple Wi-Fi network or, you know, put the router where most people are. Yes, those horses really need to watch their Netflix, but still, uh, your (laughs) priorities. It's not that hard to move a router. (laughs) Thinking, why wouldn't you put the router in a barn? Does it go somewhere else? And we learn that his family wants him to come home, but Andrew has a big job helping Santa out. Andrew walks into a hangar, and uh, all of the people that work underneath him are missing home, and they talk about it for a little while. And then we meet his crew, that is the most inconsequential group of characters that has ever been in a movie, but we'll run down this list anyways. First, we have Joker, who, as you guessed, is the comic relief. We have some tall, forgettable guy from Wisconsin that has maybe three lines in the whole movie. We have we have another forgettable, fresh-faced, innocent airman who is eager to please her commanding officer. And we have Sunshine, the stereotypical masculine military female. Because every single movie that has the military has to have at least one masculine female. Woohoo! We learn that they're behind for Operation Christmas Drop because Typhoon ripped the roof off their warehouse and ruined their donations. But they are going to have a coconut Christmas fundraiser to make up for the lost donations. Any thoughts so far as we are uh, introduced to our main characters here, Erica, Andrew, and Sunshine? I was just going to say, I can't imagine getting on a Skype or something and singing Christmas carols with my family. It's just not going to happen. I know that sounds horrible. It does. I could, I know some people who would do that for sure. Really? <laughs> and I also know some people who would set up their Wi-Fi router in a barn. That's why I Luke just... has to leave. That's why Luke has to leave at eleven so he can sing Christmas carols with his family. <laughs> that's right. Out in a barn. No, it's it's only uh, halfway through November, so it's not Christmas time yet. Even though you have all your decorations up, uh, Zach. 
Oh, I don't feel like you're very thankful for Thanksgiving. I Ooh. have a small child who his little brain blows a gasket whenever he sees Christmas lights, and he gets so excited that I'd put him up in July if it made him happy. Because I'm a loving dad, Luke. Are you gonna not a heartless aren't curmudgeon you like you? Still a heart of Thanksgiving in him before you, and still a heart of Christmas. Here's the thing: he's not into he's not into Thanksgiving. He's into Thanksgiving. Shut up, Scott. Look wow. at me. Wow. <laughs> look at me right now. You look at me I'm in the face her. right I'm now. And at say, you. You're looking at me and you're saying that I don't enjoy Thanksgiving? <laughs> you can't you don't get this physique if you hate Thanksgiving. Oh. Which which you like more? Turkey this right is over, I'm, I'm, is you know, you ever heard pinch an inch? I'm pinching like a foot of biscuit right here from last <laughs> Thanksgiving. And over here's the turkey. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot. <laughs> Can we replace turkey with something? What would you replace it with? I don't know anything. I mean, just turkey's not that good. I have some chicken. I mean, it's not. It's not great. But if you get a good, I mean, many, if you get a good cooked turkey and you get that dark meat, mm, put a little gravy on top. It's totally worth it. See, I'm not a dark meat guy. I like the breast. Hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna vomit. Okay. <laughs> Back in Washington, Erica is being sent to Guam to assess the Air Force Base there and suggest cuts, or better yet, uh, create a case for closure. Erica needs to go there for the drop in order to see this Christmas drop that this article's flying around uh, D.C., wasting everyone's money, which means she's going to miss Christmas again. You see, Erica, like every other female protagonist in movies of this ilk, uh, she's up for a promotion that she really wants. And the only way she's going to get that promotion is by missing Christmas. With her dad. And her dad's disappointed that Erica canceled again. See, Erica's not been home ever since her mom died. And her dad's starting to think that she isn't coming around because she doesn't like her new stepmom. Mm. Erica assures him that that's not the case and promises to maybe kind of hopefully visit on his birthday. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. Look, they probably never instilled the spirit of Thanksgiving in her, and now she's a Christmas brat. (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) What's you said that with with a tone of such certainty. Like that is totally a thing. I mean, didn't you watch this movie? Like she she absolutely never received the Thanksgiving spirit of the pilgrims. I think I did see it. She gave like thirteen locals blankets that were infected with uh, smallpox. She embraced the yeah, Thanksgiving this, she spirit. Had to, she had to, She's a giver. She had to learn. She had to learn about this this giving thing. She's. I mean, in her apartment was was like three pots filled with maize that had little fish underneath it to help fertilize it. She embraced the spirit of Thanksgiving. Um, <laughs> back in Guam, Andrew is informed by his commanding officer that the base is on the short list for closures. Now, at this point, I said, and I quote, I said this out loud. I said, this is a stupid premise. 
There's no way they're going to be closing Anderson Air Force Base. It's like the most strategically important located base of the South Pacific. And then the words Andrew said right after I started playing the movie again was, uh, but sir, we're the most strategically important located base in the South Pacific. And I paused it again and said, touche movie, touche. <laughs> But listen. Yeah, it was pretty dumb. They would never close. They would never give up Guam. If the congressman isn't thinking about closing the base, then the, the, what's the lady's name? (laughs) Then there's no reason for this movie to exist. Exactly. You've got to have something. She's not going to be able to get the Christmas spirit. All the premises they came up with was, hey, what's one of the most important Air Force bases there is? Oh, there's that one in Guam. It's pretty much the entire island. Uh, Yeah, let's shut that one down. Uh, You know, North Korea is probably going to kill us any day now. We probably want Guam there in between us. Nope. Don't worry about that. Shut it down. Speaking of Korea, have you ever tried their grape jelly juice from there? Strawberry jelly. Strawberry jelly? I've tried the strawberry, yeah. Infused with collagen. But the commander tells Andrew that an article written about Operation Christmas Drop put Anderson on DC's radar. And again, this is kind of dumb. You think about it, when it comes to our military, they don't have a lot of, uh, I don't know, good PR going for them all that often. Most of the time when you hear about the military, it's when they accidentally drone strike a wedding or... uh, uh, you know, things things of that nature. And don't get me wrong, I love our military, since you don't hear a lot of good things. Why in the world, what congressman in their right mind would attack Operation Christmas Drop? It doesn't, it, this whole movie doesn't make sense, because it's based on a premise that they don't like Operation Christmas Drop, and it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense from the very the, beginning. As if the government was really, really trying to get the budget down. Yeah, and they're going, hey, guys, we only have $6 trillion to spend this year. We cannot, we can't, we can't waste 100000 on this Christmas drop. Uh, this is stupid. The commander then tells Andrew that it's his job to convince Erica that their base is mission-focused and convince her that they need all their resources. As soon as Andrew hears this, he decides that it's the best time for a quick surf on the beach. And he decides to go swerf- surfing on the uh, explosive disposal swerfing. range. Yep, he swerfs. Swerfing? Yep, that's what smurfs do when they surf. They swerf. Um, yeah, so he goes surfing on the explosive disposal range. And I wrote down in my notes at this point, Luke, is this real? <laughs> Does, does Guam just have beaches littered with disposed torpedoes? They're just sticking halfway out of the sand like nobody is, is trying to deal with them? Or... I don't know, um, because some of this is on the base. But I will say that I have found uh, like old World War II grenades and torpedoes and things on like the public beaches. And so I would not be surprised. I mean, obviously, they're not live anymore, but... Um, it would not surprise me at all if there was something like that. Can you bring me home? Can you bring me home and can you bring me home an old World War Two grenade? I can if I can uh, find another one. Yes. What? Although I'm thinking that might not clear through airport security. Yeah, just shove Small. it in one of your socks and fold Small it and put detail. it in your bag. Yeah. <laughs> but I did realize, you know how they you, you watch these military movies and they always throw the grenades funny. Like they don't throw them like baseballs; they lob them like. Yeah. With a straight arm. Like how I it's throw a baseball? I, yeah. <laughs> I, I never realized. I was like, why do they do this? And then I picked that grenade up that I found in that field. The thing weighs like as much as a brick. 
Like you can't even you can't even throw it like a baseball. You have to lob it. Well, yeah. if you find another one, mail it to me. No one checks the mail. Okay. Yeah. That's I'll, I'll that, well USPS. You know. Yeah. They'll they'll ship anything. Does this have lithium batteries? No. Okay. I mean, seriously, have you ever have you ever not shipped something because it had glass in it? I know I have it. <laughs> so that yeah, just just uh, to your point, there are a lot of things that you find here that are like you wouldn't expect to find, like old old military stuff lying around. So yeah, I I believe it. Okay, well you know, but I I, I presume that Andrew went surfing. So that Erica first meets him when he is shirtless and all muscly as he runs towards her. Because that's the only reason I could think of somebody going surfing uh, about five seconds after receiving an order to take this congressman's <laughs> aide around and show them that you're not goofing around. So, <laughs> and believe it or not, Andrew doesn't get off on a great start with Erica. She, he was supposed to pick her up from the airport, but didn't know she arrived early because he was surfing. Next, Andrew drops Erica off at her room, and there is a gecko on the wall. There isn't a gecko on the wall. <laughs> there is a horribly CGI'd lizard of some sort that a intern made in After Effects and just kind of smashed on the screen there. And I know this is real because I see pictures of Luke Holden geckos all the time. So, not exactly. So this you guys don't have CGI geckos, geckos in all your houses? No, unfortunately not. All, the geckos. So this was I don't know where they got the the shot of this or the image of this gecko from, but the geckos look nothing like that. So they're about a tenth of that size. If you've ever been to Florida and you've seen the geckos that run around all over the place down there, yeah. they pretty much look the same. This thing looked like some exotic poisonous lizard crawling on her wall. And actually, I looked up the uh, the gecko, and that is a real species with all the colors and stuff like that, but those are not here. What makes me really sad is that Geico has been making a uh, realistic CGI gecko now since the 90s. All right, so there's this gecko there, and it just doesn't leave. It just lives in her apartment now, her little imaginary CGI friend. And uh, first thing Erica does is uh, breaks her AC. Then she yells at the gecko for a while, because that makes her feel good, I guess, to yell at small defenseless <laughs> amphibians. And then uh, Erica gets a call from her DC bestie, who wants to know about Guam and major eye candy. Well, about Guam, she says that they don't say hello or aloha. They say half a day, which personally I think is a little rude. Why can't you give me a whole day? Uh, and then about Andrew, he says that he has a big ego, but nothing she can't handle because she's a, a sassy woman who don't need no man. Mm-mm. <laughs> so it's time for Erica to begin her assessment. She takes some binders to skim from an office. She climbs a tall Air Force tower that has a nice view. In the tower, she says that she uh, wants to know about an order for red and green landing lights, to which they respond, you need lights to land a plane. So, <laughs> then Andrew and Erica go for a drive. Then Andrew says to Erica that it's bad luck if you visit Guam and don't visit all five of Guam's beaches. And we talked about That's this. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. For those of you that don't know, and I'm sure you do by now, Luke lives in Guam. So 
He is our, our Guamian expert. He's our expert on Guam and all the Guatemalan happenings. So, Luke, why is this the stupidest thing you ever heard? Well, because, first of all, there's about 30 beaches. Literally everywhere is a beach. And um, never have I ever heard that uh, it's bad luck not to visit them all. <laughs> that might be a military thing. I don't know. But it ain't a Guam thing. But uh, Eric is still in a bad mood as they watch a couple of military trucks go by while they're stopped at a crossroads, and there's tinsel in the back of a truck. And Erica wants to follow that truck, but Andrew distracts her by taking her to the largest outdoor market on the island. <sighs> and the market... The Chamorro Village. Is that what that is? The the Churro yes. Village? Uh, the, Chamor- <laughs> the Chamorro Village. I wish it was the Churro Village. <laughs> At the market, everybody's greeting Andrew, but Erica is just not interested in visiting the locals. Uh, but she does smile when Andrew buys her Christmas color shaved ice. Who doesn't love an Italian ice with lime and cherry? Ugh, that's not like a good combination. Best shaved ice flavor, pina colada. Mm, I love it. I get no, that all the time. No, wrong. I stop. Wrong. I stop. A bu- Anything pina colada is disgusting. I stop at Bubba's Ice Shack every time I'm up in in Ohio. <laughs> And uh, I get shack. I get me a king size pina colada, and I say, you know Oof. what, Bubba, make it two, one for each hand. Let's set sail to Captain Morgan. <laughs> Though we won't leave dry land, cause troubles, I forgot them. I buried them in the sand. Just give me two more pina coladas. She said goodbye to her good timing man. Then Andrew asked the mayor, the richest man on the island, to donate a general or a general. <laughs> <laughs> I think we definitely watch different movies. Do you have any problems speaking today? What's going on? Andrew asks the mayor of Guam. <laughs> is that just how it is? There's just a mayor in Guam. <laughs> I don't know. So there's a mayor. Of, there's a mayor of every village here, and then there's a governor, like any other state. Uh, so I don't. I don't know who this guy is. He's a mayor of some of the Churro Village. Yeah, so he asked him to donate a generator to help the poor living out on the atolls, but the mayor refuses, because even though he's rich, it costs too much to donate those all the time. But Erica suggests inviting the mayor to the Coconut Christmas fundraiser to remind him of Christmas spirit. Next stop on this list of uh, adventures, Erica's supposed to be Going over the books and the numbers, but instead she's going on the the Guam 10 cent tour. And the next stop is the most beautiful turquoise beach you've ever seen. And I've got to be honest with you guys. Um, that turquoise beach really just didn't do it for me. It wasn't. <laughs> I mean, I think that if you're going to if you're going to sell something that's the most beautiful turquoise beach I have ever seen. One, the water should be turquoise, not the light most <laughs> like grayish blue beach I've ever seen. It, it, I mean, there's filters for this. They could have easily just put in a blue filter <laughs> and made it the most beautiful beach ever. But in reality, I, I mean, I think I've seen pictures of Myrtle Beach that were more turquoise than that one. So <laughs> I'm not saying that Guam doesn't have beautiful beaches. They just didn't pick the right one for filming. No, they. there are some beaches that are not the greatest. And then there are some beaches that are like turquoise, and 
their selection was meh. It wasn't a. This wasn't the most beautiful turquoise beach I will ever lay my eyes on. Uh, so the beach is okay, but Erica pretends to just be blown away. Matter of fact, she she likes it so much that she wants to to send a selfie to her dad. Which dumb way to word that? What? I mean, if I want to show my dad something, I just take a picture of the thing I want him to look at. I don't put myself in it. It'd be like, hey. See that blurry background that I'm in? <laughs> Every time I send my dad hunting pictures when I'm out and I've shown pictures of deer, I always turn the phone around and take a selfie with the deer in the background. <laughs> you should. Oh, but she left her phone in the Jeep. And Andrew's like, I'll go get it. She's like, no, don't you don't you worry there, pectoral Pete. I want to take care of this one. And she runs back to the Jeep and then just drives off. Which I think is pretty dumb, seeing as she's a civilian, he's uh, he's military. Uh, stealing an officer of any branch of the military is probably not the smartest thing you can do on an island that is basically uh, one giant military base. But, tomato, tomato, she's some, cute so she can get away with it. For some reason in this movie there's this idea that like the military is bossed around by Congress people. And I don't have any idea where that comes from. Because if a congressman walked in the military base, they'd be like, whatever. You're not going to tell us what to do. So Erica steals her, or steals Andrew's car and drives it back to the base, just abandoning Andrew. But don't worry. Oh, Andrew decides to take a little jog back to the base. He finds his car. Then he goes to check up on Operation Christmas Drop. By doing this, he leads Erica right to his warehouse. And Erica tells him, that she also found a bunch of Christmas decorations on a, on a beach where survival drills were supposed to be taking place. She wants to know what's going on. Here, Erica, it's the title of your movie. This is what's going on. Operation Christmas Drop. I mean, you know what's... It's, never mind. I can't. And then Andrew immediately starts acting like a human informational flyer as he rattles off facts about Operation Christmas Drop to get Erica off his back. <laughs> She's like, what's going on with all these Christmas decorations? Well, Erica, let me tell you. Here in beautiful Guam, we have this operation that dates back 70 years. It delivers medicine, food, toys, and gifts to 30,000 people on 56 different islands, and it grows every year. And here's the great thing. Not a single taxpayer dime is spent. It's funded completely through donations, like... The donations you're about to make, if you call this number that's at the bottom of your screen. I seriously would not have been surprised if that happened. There's just a scroll of, want to donate? Here's how. <laughs> that's what he lives for. That's why he skips Christmas with his family back in Wisconsin. <laughs> Wisconsin? <laughs> And then she's like, yeah, okay, I get it. So you get all these donations in, but you're still using military property to do the drop. He's like, mm-mm. The Air Force uses the drop as low-altitude training. And it's also a goodwill mission that allows the U.S. to work with their allies, Japan and Australia. Without the drop, many people on the most remote islands in the world would be on their own. Now keep in mind, if that sounds really wordy and sounds like you're reading an informational flyer, those are basically word-for-word quotes from the movie. This is what he tells this girl. <laughs> now, to be fair, the explanation does make Erica smile. And she assures Andrew that she is not the Grinch. 
She sees the benefits, but she doesn't see how this helps the efficiency and function of the base. But then Andrew explains the drop helps some of the new recruits through their first Christmas away from home. He also adds that he feels Erica isn't being fair, that she had her mind made up before she even got off the plane. Andrew knows that Erica was sent here to write a damning report of the Air Force Base so her congressman can fill her quota by closing it. Andrew then asks for 24 hours to show her that the base isn't wasteful and that she, er, and then she can write a report. She reluctantly agrees. And that's the first half hour of this movie, guys. There is still an hour and 15 minutes left. This is the longest movie ever. I did feel the same way. It was like, it just was dragging on forever. Oh, my goodness. I think part of the problem was that it's so predictable. I mean, it's everyone knows what how where the story is going to go. Well, not and, only that, there is abs- you, there's no stakes at all. There's, <laughs> I mean, it's just we know one that Congress doesn't have the power to just say Anderson Air Force Base needs to be closed. Okay, Congressman three hundred and forty-five, let's call a vote on closing that Air Force Base. All in favor, say aye. One person in the background, the congressman, aye. And then 4,000 other people say nay, and they move on. It's dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Quite a Senate session. No, it's not. It's a Congress session. You're out, yeah. (laughs) That night, the general of the base invites Erica over to bribe her. I mean, to give her a nice cooked meal. Home-cooked meal. After dinner, the general's wife tells her that her report will affect every person on the base. Well, no, duh. If her report leads to the closing of the base, truer words have not been spoken. (laughs) Uh, Erica, that night the congresswoman calls Erica to write and just basically tells her flat out to write a hit piece on the base, no matter what she feels about the base's humanitarian efforts. In the morning, Erica goes over to Andrew's house so Andrew can take her on a helicopter ride of the entire island because they don't waste military spending. Uh, and it, the island they visit... Uh, here's something else I want to ask you about this. Because in that morning, when Erica goes over to Andrew's house, she, she says, uh, I just walked in because the door was open. And Andrew goes, yeah, we do that here. Does everybody just leave their doors <laughs> wide open? <laughs> Apparently on base, I don't know. Well, I've seen some of the bugs you pick up. I'm not leaving my door open. I don't care if it has a crime rate oh, the of bugs. zero. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the bugs will find their way in anyway. There's no keeping the bugs out. And the geckos. <clears throat> I, I just, like, I was in the uh, I was in my bedroom the other day and changing clothes, and there was a gecko sitting on the bed. Hey, I'm it, like, okay. It's good luck. Um, yeah. She goes to this island. It turns out the former loadmaster that worked for Andrew lives on this island. And uh, he left the military to go take care of his family because that's how that works. If your family gets into a bad spot, military just lets you go. Don't worry about it. You, you just go ahead and go. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> his, his tenure was up, probably. He didn't re-up. Right, right. Because <laughs> that's how they worded it. <laughs> and so this guy takes them both back to the village and Erica is greeted by the local kids 
She learns that the children can't go to school because the typhoon killed their generator. And uh, just Erica just starts giving the local girls all the junk in her purse. Like a used hairbrush. That was gross. I almost vomited a little bit there. Uh, here, have this lipstick. It's about three quarters used. Uh, here, have this compact. Uh, it doesn't have. You guys want this half uh, half eaten roll of lifesavers? I've been... I had the bottom of my purse for the last six months. Uh, you pick the lint off. <laughs> she just gives her the junk out of her purse. They give her a starfish. <laughs> She's so giving. So giving. <laughs> this was her Thanksgiving, that, that Luke. Would be the, that would be the equivalent of me pulling my wallet out and handing them used movie stubs and receipts. Like, just all of that stupid stuff in my wallet that doesn't matter. Here's a here's a sports clip gift card. Uh, I still have to get three cuts paid for before I get one th- free, but you can have that. Uh, <laughs> and they're just so appreciative. <laughs> Thank you for... I, this was... This is one of the problems, like, a lot of the people, like, a lot of the people in the Guam are really mad at this movie, because it's kind of like this, like, oh, we're the, the white military saviors who have come to, like, save your island, and all you, all of you, like, indigenous people who can't survive without us, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this island that they go to, like, I have no idea where this is, where they're wearing grass skirts around, and, like, they don't have electricity, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's nowhere around Guam, unless I'm just ignorant. And uh, it was like, like people here were mocking the idea that there were still people living like that. But <laughs> it's just, but, but that, and it's like, oh, it's. I was wondering how did how they get access to the base to film this. I mean, they don't just give away access to every Hallmark movie. It's like it's because it's a military PR piece. No, I mean, yeah, I came to that conclusion as well. But we'll get to the fact that this is on par with Goebbels' propaganda machine. Um. <laughs> But it it also brings up another problem that I feel Americans have when it comes to the rest of the world. In our minds, no matter where you go, we're civilized, and the rest of the world, outside of Eastern Europe, or Western Europe, are uncivilized. Like, you go to this island and be like, I bet you will like my used hairbrush. Aren't I a good person? (laughs) (laughs) Like, like... Oh, thank you so much. The, the, the little girl literally says when she's given this hairbrush, we don't have one of these. <laughs> like, yes, you do. <laughs> Look at your hair. It's cold. You have something. <laughs> and it's just so dumb. Like, uh, it's dumb. But uh, they fly back to the base. Erica thinks about all the good they did on that island that day. Oh, I forgot. Uh... I forgot the ukulele. I can't forget the ukulele. Uh, one of the kids hands Andrew a ukulele, and he sings oh, yeah. a song where he islandizes it. He sings Deck the Halls, but he uses island things, and it starts out with uh, Deck Your Legs with Lots of Sunscreen. That's dumb, Andrew. <laughs> you can do better than that. <laughs> she didn't think it was dumb. Scott, give us a verse of your islandized uh, Deck the Halls. Deck the halls with plenty of misery. Asked <laughs> and delivered. All right, Scott, you just go back to sleep, buddy. We'll wake you up when it's over. Next, Andrew takes Erica to Taragi Beach. People there are setting up for the Coconut Christmas fundraiser. 
Andrew explains that the fundraiser is 100% covered by donations and doesn't cost the base a dime. The fundraiser is put on to pay for things that don't get donated, like generators. Erica is helping the women weave palm frond leaves into wreaths when Andrew calls her wave to flirt for a little bit. And then it's the end of the day. Luke, have you ever done that? Have you ever uh, weaved such a such a thing? I cannot say that I have. Are you going to now? Um, if I can find an old Chamorro lady to show me, yeah. I think you can Prefer do this. The term churro, old churro ladies, an old old churro. <laughs> Listen, you may want to clear this with Megan first, though. <laughs> Honey, I was just yeah, I, was, I, was, I was, was just weaving her palm fronds. <laughs> Don't you be out weaving with no churro lady there, Luke. How'd this lady get on base? That's my question. Is she a military? They're not on base. They're lady. on Taragi Beach. That is on base. Okay, well, they pretend like it's not on base. Either that or the military keeps a hut full of indigenous Guamians to just kind of just live there and wheel them out whenever they're making a movie. That hut. And make their indigenous crafts. Okay, so. It's the end of the day. Andrew drops Erica off at her room and they talk about why they aren't spending Christmas at home. Andrew says that he's the only one with the training needed to pull off the drop. Keep in mind, he's in one of the most important Air Force bases in our military. I find it very hard to believe that they only have one pilot on the entire base. But anyways... That's all they showed. <laughs> hey, you're our first defense against North Korea. Um, how many pilots you got? You got one. One. Oh, well, what happens if his plane goes down? We're, we're in big trouble. Bye-bye, California. Um... <laughs> Erica says that she's not going home uh, because she's working towards a promotion. Plus, she wants to stay busy since uh, this will be the third Christmas since her mom died. And she wants to avoid her stepmother because she ain't my mama. You're not even my real dad. Shut up. Before she leaves, Andrew says that tomorrow they're going to go Christmas snorkeling. And at this point, I paused and I said, why is there still 50 minutes left to this movie? Why? Why is this taking so long? <laughs> Have you ever been Christmas snorkeling, Luke? Uh, no, I haven't. I've been snorkeling plenty other days, but no, not on uh, Christmas. Are, Maybe I'll make it a tradition this are, year. Are you going to go this Christmas? Probably. Erica learns that the promotion she's been vying for is officially open. She now has two days to write a report. The next morning, Andrew is FaceTiming with his family, but they still haven't moved the router out of the barn, and bad connection strikes again. And I think they're also Dang. playing like like internet's really bad in Guam, but we record this show every week. We've recorded this show every week for the past 30 weeks, and one of our hosts is in Guam right now, and I can't tell you. I, I think maybe we had one technical issue or issue in the past thirty weeks with internet connection, so it must not be that bad in Guam as far as internet's concerned. Well, I think they're saying that it, the the family's internet is bad, right? Right. So now we're going to just take a dump on the mainland, right? It, what yep. Guam can have good internet, but Indiana can't. <laughs> Actually, we have really good internet because of the military. Well, I'm sure. 
Okay. Next morning, Andrew's FaceTiming. Bad connection cuts out. Uh, and Andrew and Erica go snorkeling in dress shirts for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know why. I thought like, oh, maybe they're trying to be modest, but he already had his shirt off in the beginning of the movie. <laughs> well, keep in mind, this is a G-rated movie, and I think that if she was wearing a bikini top, that would have bumped it up to a PG. But as she's walking into the beach, she is wearing like a, a light linen button-up shirt. As she is snorkeling, it magically turns into like some sort of wetsuit material. And then as she leaves the beach, it is back into her buttoned up linen shirt. So she, she had to put on a rash guard. You don't want the you don't want the coral cutting you up. I, I'm not arguing. I'm just saying that that shirt is magical. It goes from buttoned to to, to wetsuit back to button up shirt. I want one of those military technology. She must have stole it from the base. Erica's blown away by the experience. She sees a bunch of fish. Yeah, I imagine there is great snorkeling in Guam. Why, yes, Zach, there is great snorkeling in Guam. Let me tell you a, a little anecdote about that. Thanks, Luke. Appreciate it. There sure is. There sure is. There's lots of fish. There's sharks. There's turtles. There's all kinds of baby fish that swim around. Baby fish. Nemo. Sorry. Nemo and his dad. And every once in a while, you find an orphan fish out there and... He's looking for his dad, and you're like, I'm not going to help you. I'm going to go back in and eat some churros. <laughs> I got that old churro lady waiting for me. <laughs> After they're done snorkeling back at the base, 10 Douglas fir trees arrive. After Andrew explains how it didn't cost the taxpayers a dime. That's a big theme here, guys, in case you haven't gotten it so far. Operation Christmas Drop doesn't cost the taxpayers a dime. It does, because they're still flying military equipment and doing it, but they would have been wasting that money anyways. So at least they're doing something good with that particular taxpayer money. Um, I have an issue with that. You know, planes use more fuel if there's more weight on them. Ten trees on an empty cargo plane. Taxpayer money. Boom. You got it. We don't need it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what, they got like two pilots there. <laughs> we don't need both of them. <laughs> He explains that he's going to do a little horse trading, a little horse trading with these fir trees uh, at a local hotel. He trades them for soap and food. Plus, oh, he gets Erica a whittle tree for her apartment. Isn't that cute? <laughs> that night, it is finally time for the Coconut Christmas Fundraiser. Eric, yes. Erica shows up in a nice red dress. And that dress blows Andrew's socks off. Oh, by the way, Sunshine is also surprisingly in a dress. And so uh, our token masculine feminine military character uh, puts <laughs> her, her best feminine side forward. Uh, they turn on the lights and the fundraiser's underway. Erica learns why Andrew's single. She's told that he's single because he always he's just too busy helping people. He's too busy for a boo. You can't have a boo when you're when you're so helpful. Also, we learned that Andrew gave up his officer's quarters for a family because family housing was full. That's why he lives in a uh, just a base level apartment, and he uses his apartment to store boxes so they don't take up storage space. Then, out of nowhere, Sunshine pulls out a violin and starts playing like it's a 1700s tavern, like it's. It's like the Patriot or something. She it was pretty cool. 
I liked it. It was it was stupid, Scott. It was stupid it. and it did not fit whatsoever. Oh, it was hey, dumb. I just assume that's Christmas music in Guam. Everyone plays the fiddle down it's here. It's We Three Ships. What are you talking about? That's not a, a Guam Christmas song. That's a famous Christmas song. My point is, one, no one has ever listened to that Christmas song in the last 300 years. And two, <laughs> it did. I expected Mel Gibson from, from The Patriot to pop out and just start hatcheting people. That's what it sounded like. It was dead. That movie... The- the movie would have been so much better if that. Oh, happened. it would have, but it took me way out of it because I had to stop and go. What in the world is happening right now? This is silly. This is a silly premise. Silly. And then they're like, "Hey, Erica, why don't you dance?" And she has like a spastic episode that she calls <laughs> dancing. <laughs> that was bad. Like, even people that don't know how to dance wouldn't just like <laughs> flail around like they're <laughs> like there's something wrong with them. But then Andrew pulls her away for a slow dance where they continue to flirt. And they flirt this time by telling each other just how nice the other one is. You're the nicest. No, you're the nicest. No, you're the nicest. Are you not intrigued by the romantic buildup? No. I can honestly say... Can I say? No. I was more intrigued by the borrowed Christmas guys and his rented wife's romantic buildup than I was between these two. Really? <laughs> that was intriguing in the sense that you're like, what on earth is this? But I have to say, of these two characters, like I liked Spirit of Christmas. I liked um, Christmas in Mississippi. The couples in those movies were good. Was it only me that thought that these two like just would never get together? Like the chemistry was wrong. Maybe it was like the stiffness of the lines. I don't know. But these two as a couple was a was. No, well, it just it, no. it looks no. awkward the because why, the reason why it didn't register with me and dude, you're talking to somebody that cried during Spirit of Christmas, okay? So don't give that whole oh you're just so hard hearted and Grinch like Zach. No, I cried during Spirit of Christmas. No, the 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 thing is is you knew what was going to happen the moment he walked up without a shirt on and she was standing there cross armed on the beach. You knew what was going to happen. How can you be intrigued by something that you know is going to happen? Were you not intrigued by the ghost relationship in the spirit of Christmas? You knew that was going to happen. No, I didn't. Cause he started out being legitimately like, get out of my house. He lifted her up and picked her out. Ah. There was n- I feel like everyone knew it was going to happen, but there was another angle on that story which which gave it some intrigue. You're like, okay, where is this going? And then there was all the backstory with the, you know, what had happened to him all those years ago. But this one was just like nothing. There so was surface level and it no stakes. Is, is it because was he was no seven stakes. foot four and she's like five foot two? No, I wasn't intrigued. It was this was not a good movie. Personally, I don't think he was the greatest actor. And plus, I like legitimately hated her character. I mean, like I like she. I just hated her in the beginning of the movie, and I was like, I kind of hope you get eaten by a shark when you go Christmas snorkeling. <laughs> wow. Here's here's the thing about her. I feel like the relationship was ham fisted in there, and it didn't need to be there. If it was just a story about her meeting this guy and this guy showing her the spirit of Christmas, and they become friends, why do they have to be together at the end? That doesn't make it. It didn't need to be there. If he had been like the ghost of a pirate, that would have made it better. If he was a an old an old churro woman, that would have been. <laughs> yeah, it would have been. 
Alright, so they slow dance, tell each other how nice they are, and uh, they're about to kiss when Joker interrupts them because the fire dancers are ready to perform. <laughs> In which he should have looked down and said, yes, they are, big guy. Yes, they are. <laughs> uh, keep in mind, Scott said that because the actor that plays Andrew is 47 feet tall and he looks down to everyone. That was not an innuendo. No, it was an innuendo. <laughs> <laughs> then it wasn't a good oh, innuendo. <laughs> <laughs> mm. While the dancers dance, we learned that the fundraiser was successful. They still don't have enough for generators. Erica says uh, she has an idea to get the power to the islands, to the atolls, to all those brush-deficient savages living on the outskirts of Guam. <laughs> That's right. The next day, she uh, introduces the rich mayor guy to a guy that looks like Santa. But the Santa guy knows all about solar power. And I said to myself when I saw this, if he turns out to be the real Santa, I'm going to put my foot <laughs> through my TV and anger. I am just going to be so mad that I will not be able to control myself. I did, did you think that, Luke? I never, that thought never even crossed my mind that he could be the real Santa. I can't say I, I can't say a lot of that. No, <laughs> I'm just saying because now because of that Christmas in Mississippi, I every know. person with a white beard. I'm just like you better not turn out to be Santa. <laughs> you better not. No, I mean, the guy in, in in Mississippi, he was definitely Santa. I think everyone oh. saw that one coming, except you, Zach. I, 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 but this guy. No. I wish he would have turned out to be Santa, just so you could tell us a story about how you stuck your foot through your TV. Well, it turns out that the guy that looks like Santa is an actual real guy. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, all the people in this movie are real people. Are they? Yeah. Or are they just CGI? Did you see how bad they could? Just like they, a lizard. They could CGI a gecko. Trust me, you'd be able to tell if they CGI'd a bunch of people in there. No, he he plays the character. He plays. He doesn't play a character. He's really who he is in the movie. He's somebody that uh, he messages or he sends the weather reports out to the atolls and some of these further out islands. He does know a lot about solar power and is helping them out with solar generators and whatnot. So, that was kind of cool that he was in there. Uh, so, we learned back at the base that uh, Erica told the mayor about DC's initiatives that reward solar power. So, the mayor donates three solar inverters to the Christmas drop. Then, Andrew, Erica, and the rest of the team are called into the ready room by the general. There's a Cat 5 typhoon coming in. An Operation Christmas Drop cannot get in the air. Luke, are there typhoons every five minutes in Guam? Uh, no, actually, we haven't had one all all uh, season. Okay, I was just wondering because this movie there's at least but there there's two major typhoons. That has happened before, so it's not it's not impossible. But it's not as common as this movie makes it. Like every three days, there's a typhoon. Yeah, we don't get hit by a typhoon every day. Well, that kind of bumps me out. <sighs> I'm sorry, Guamian listeners. I didn't mean that. Anyways, there's this Cat 5 typhoon coming in. Operation Christmas Drop cannot get in the air. They decide to uh, 
just try to go real fast and, and get all the, the sorting and packing done and get the drop ready to go and hopefully get it out for the typhoon and just hope for a Christmas miracle. They hope that the typhoon misses them. Everyone gets to work. They're in the final stretch of packing. And when they finish, they waste valuable time by caroling and passing out Santa hats. That part bugged me too. Because they're trying to get this done and get in the air before this typhoon hits. And so they take 15 minutes to sing a Christmas carol and pass out Santa hats. It's... They needed to make this movie longer. (laughs) Yeah. Guys, we're only hitting an hour 45 minutes here. What can we do to hit that 50-minute mark? (laughs) (laughs) And then... The congresswoman shows up, and boy, is she mad. She sees Operation Christmas Drop. She is in no mood to hear what a good charity it is. She tells Erica to pack up and get out. She isn't. Go back to D.C. Angry, angry woman. Angry. And her hair is terrible. I would believe if somebody handed her a brush (laughs) and said she would go, I never had one of these before. I would believe it. She has the most matted, mangy hair I have ever seen on an actress in any movie. It is terrifying. She's got like a six head. Most girls got four heads. She's got six of them. Her hairline starts up by her ears, like like dead center of her head. And then it does. It just looks like mange, like a dog that you don't want your kids to play with. She, that comes running up to them in the park or something. Like it's like she just I hope it was a wig. I was just a really bad wig, and that woman's not suffering with whatever was going on with her hair. <laughs> so, Erica's packing up. The typhoon is, is clearly raging outside, but for some reason, they're not going to be able to do the Christmas drop, but Erica's going to have no problem getting on a plane and flying away. No problem. Uh, but then an idea hits her, and she runs out of her room. Andrew's at the bar drowning his sorrows in cranberry sodas. And Erica runs in. Oh, man, that made me want to want to see her and Miss Cranberry. I bet they're in stores now, too. Mm. Mm. My fat just gurgled. I was happy thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> Erica runs in and tells Andrew to stop moping and figure out the drop. And Andrew's like, the weather. I can't, I can't, uh, I can't figure it out. If there's a typhoon going on. Unfortunately, my I left my weather magic wand back in my other base, and I just, you know, I can't get a plane up right now. And she's like, oh, you silly, you silly man, because I hoped for it. It was a Christmas miracle. This typhoon is rapidly degrading. Well, <laughs> hunky-dory. Because that happens all the time. Oh, yeah, totally. Well, it does, kind of. I mean, you can see hurricanes break up and stuff, but it's just, it's dumb. And so Erica convinces Andrew to take off. And she goes, oh, by the way, I'm going to be riding in your plane. We're going to be riding shotgun together, which I don't think can happen. I don't think, like, if you go up to an Air Force guy and be like, hey, do uh, you care if I ride with you guys um, on your next mission? Do you think I can just kind of, like, sit and see? I'll be quiet, I promise. And they're going to be like, yeah, come on. Come on, this super expensive <laughs> piece of military equipment. We just get free rides out all the time. This is the movies. But Anything can happen. So, it's cleared for takeoff. By the way, the most beautiful sunny day Guam has ever had. It was a typhoon four minutes ago. Most beautiful sunny day. 
I mean, they're looking out over the ocean. You can't even see where the storm was. There's no gray cloud on the horizon. <laughs> well, I told you it was rapidly downgrading. <laughs> and so they're cleared for takeoff. Before they do, the congresswoman shows up again. And Erica tells her congresswoman that she ain't going back to D.C. Because she's going to stay here to help. And everybody's like, please go back to D.C. We are so sick of you. Just go. Please. <sighs> That's not what happens. What really happens is that the congresswoman is convinced to lo- ride along on the drop as well. So now we got two civilians. <laughs> Just <laughs> hanging out. So the cargo planes take off without a hitch. You think maybe because the typhoon's kind of almost a possibility that they might hit some turbulence, but no, they don't. It's it's completely fine. Nothing happens. <laughs> There's there is not a problem whatsoever. Now to be fair, it is a pretty cool scene because you know, you get to see tropical beaches from the air, and you watch these kids running along the beach, and everyone is happy about the crates they're getting. It really bugged me that Erica was allowed to not only ride on the plane, but then go to the back where they have the cargo planes uh, It's open, and she's just allowed to start helping pushing crates out. No training. No nothing. They just let people just randomly run up to the edge of this cargo plane as it's flying through the air and shove heavy crates out without any training whatsoever. It it makes perfect sense. (sighs) I agree. Back on the ground, everybody's celebrating. They had a 100% uh, success rate. The congresswoman is a changed person. Her hair hasn't changed, but she's changed. She's still angry. Man. You couldn't tell, she, talking about her enjoyment, she looked ticked off as she ever was. Yeah, but she thanks Erica for the reminder that she doesn't have to be a terrible person, which I think we all need every once in a while. Just a reminder of, hey, you don't have to be a turd. If there's one thing, dear listener, that you get out of this, it's this. You don't have to be a turd. <laughs> but Zach. But you can choose to be. But you don't have to be. Zach, you don't have you don't have to be a you don't have to be a turd. You don't have to be. You don't have to be a. You don't have to be a churro lady. You can. I was born a churro. You lady. can sell cinnamon twists. They're churros without the cream filling. Okay, so uh, Erica and the Congresswoman hug, and Erica's offered her promotion, so that's good. Then. Erica walks up to Andrew and thanks him for helping her get her Christmas spirit back. That night, Erica and Andrew are walking when Erica surprises Andrew with his family, which somehow, within the last 24 hours, not even that long, because that morning he was FaceTiming with his family in Indiana. So let's say in 12 hours, somehow he got his family 8,000 miles. From Indiana to Guam, she got his family, and she didn't use a commercial airline. Instead, she used, and I quote, there was a a news crew that was flying in to report on the drop. I just let them, or just had them hitch a ride with them. I called uh, the local Fox affiliate, and I was like, hey, when you guys get that traffic copter going on, can you just drop me off in Nashville or something? You mind? That'd be all right with you? They said no. They said, we don't do that. We're not going to do that. Stop calling this number, Zach. We know. You ask this every other day. Stop. You're not getting a ride to Nashville on our helicopter. Ever. We don't even have a helicopter. We don't have a news van. We've got a news donkey. We just 
spray painted the logo on the side of it. <laughs> so uh, Andrew's family is there, and they give each other a big old smooch. And the movie ends with the following written information. Operation Christmas Drop is the Department of Defense's longest-running humanitarian airdrop mission. Every year since 1952, the U.S. Air Force has dropped life-changing supplies to the islands of Micronesia. Today, American, Japanese, and Australian aircraft from are, are drop more than 50,000 pounds of supplies to 56 islands, directly impacting 22,000 islanders over 1.8 million square miles. And it's so I might have to eat. I, I've been doing some googling here. I might have to eat my words. It looks like there are perhaps some islands that are as remote as what they pictured. Perhaps. Well, I'm sure there. I mean, Micronesia is not like third world necessarily, but well, I'm sure there are people out there that are cut off from the regular world. But at the same time, I would be offended too if I was one of these island people watching uh, this Netflix movie about us. <laughs> you know, the, the dirty island people, the savages out there. No, I think that they're they're fine. Um. <laughs> um <laughs> No, I mean, it's just it's like, I never saw a hairbrush before. Yeah, that's not, that wouldn't be I mean, it's just, I, I think it's demeaning. <laughs> they they made them seem more helpless than they actually are. Is it good that we do this every year? Absolutely. I don't have any problem. We talked about Operation Christmas Drop when we were in school. It was, it's, of all the charities out there, it's probably one of the best. You know, I, I wrote down that if you wanted to donate to Operation Christmas Drop, then you can visit anderson.af.mil slash OCD. They don't make it easy to donate, but there you go. There's the address where you can go. <laughs> All right, let's do our rating. Scott, I really don't want to hear from you because your rating's going to make me mad. But go ahead. Seven. <laughs> <laughs> That's your rating? That's it? You're not going to talk about it anymore beyond that? No! Nobody wants to listen to you fake snore while I talk. It's a seven. (laughs) I cut out all of my fake snoring, thank you very much. Why did you like this movie? I just did. I liked it. I I didn't take a look at it for all the stuff that uh, wasn't right with it. I just, I enjoyed it. It was neat. There's good effort that's going on into what they're doing for these islands down there. And uh, I just I found it relaxing and I liked it. Uh, let me get, let me just stop you right there. You just said I didn't watch it to see what was wrong with it. No, I mean you're what you're finding you, all like what do you like think the, we like do the here? Gecko. I didn't get caught up in what the gecko looked like. I thought the movie was beyond the gecko. <laughs> the gecko didn't ruin the movie for me. The color of the water at the beach it didn't ruin the movie for me. I was looking at the interaction between the. Uh, uh, between the actors, I, I seriously, I really enjoyed the movie. Yeah, that's what ruined the movie for me. The interaction between the actors that, well. <laughs> ruined the movie for me. <laughs> uh, I watched it four times, and I'll probably, like I said, I'll probably watch it again at some point in time. All right, Luke, where are you at? I'm at like a four on this movie. I uh, like there are like there's a bunch of goofy stuff as far as like it's inaccurate with Guam, but I, I wouldn't say that that was necessarily my problem with it. Like I could have got over that stuff, like whatever. But um, 
I just I didn't like the actors. I didn't like the chemistry between them. The story was was so predictable, and I just didn't like like you were saying. Like I just felt like it drug on forever because you already knew what was going to happen next. And then there was a bunch of just like filler filler scenes, and it's just like get to the point. We know they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna fall in love in the end, and Christmas is gonna be saved. And I just found myself really wishing the movie was going to be over. The only thing that could have made this movie better is if it would have snowed in Guam that night. <laughs> that would be a miracle. <laughs> yes, 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 it would. <laughs> I think, uh, I actually thought that because it was about Guam, I would be more interested in it, but uh, it, it, that not even that could save it. Okay. I'm going to give it a two. And I'll, Oof, two. Yeah, I'm going to give it a two. It was not as bad as it wasn't as bad as the borrowed Christmas, but I'll tell you why I'm going to give it a two. Oh no! And it's if this was a documentary about Operation Christmas, like they were just going to go through and tell us the history of it and how it works and who all they help and everything, I would be into that. I would watch that. This felt like propaganda and it was propaganda it was a giant ad i feel like guam's tourism bureau and the military got together and funded this movie and it just they it it was it was a romance story that tried to shoehorn in documentary facts and it was just so boring from start to finish it was dull it was boring and that's the thing. Yes, it's clean. Yes, anybody can watch it. But just because something's clean doesn't mean you should watch it. I don't know if Borrowed Christmas was clean. I felt a little dirty by the end of that one, and you definitely shouldn't watch that movie. That's so, because you're hugging your fake daddy. So yeah, I gave it a I gave it a two. If it was thirty minutes shorter, it would have gone up in my rating, but it wasn't. If it had any stakes whatsoever, but you have to be so naive to think that a one congressperson has the power to shut down Air Force bases. And you have to be so ignorant of military history to think that they would ever consider shutting down Anderson Air Force Base in Guam. You'd have to be completely uh, ignorant of, of world affairs and where Guam is located at and how strategic Guam is in uh, the safety of our country from North Korea and from China. And it just, right away, it it took all the stakes out of it. I was like, this is just silly. The information that they gave was good. Uh, If you want to donate to Operation Christmas Drop, there are a lot worse charities you can donate to. But I wish that they just made a documentary about the history of it and just presented it that way. Because this under... I'll tell you, I, I was thinking about this. I was like, after the end of it, and after he'd gone through all the facts, and after I read the, the little information at the end, I was thinking to myself, you know what? I want to look into Operation Christmas Drop. Maybe that's one of the charities we give to this year. You know, uh, it did make me want to donate. However, if I wasn't doing this show, I would not have made it to the facts about Operation Christmas Drop. I wouldn't have gotten to the end text. I wouldn't have wanted to donate to this charity because I would have watched the first 15 minutes saying this is a dumb movie and turn it off and watch something else. So look look what good has come out of this show now. What's our final scores? 4.33. All right, Operation Christmas Drop is rotten. It is rotten. Watch it if you want to. I, I, there's better movies. Watch Spirit of Christmas. That one was pretty good. So we watched four Christmas movies. I think all of us agree that 
uh, Spirit of Christmas. Christmas was, was the Bard best. Christmas was the best. Yep, Bard Christmas best movie. Bard Christmas was the worst. Spirit of Christmas was the best. <laughs> so, what do you rank two and three? I guess I but but the thing is, the only positive rated one I gave was Spirit of Christmas. Mm-hmm. These are not my type of movies. I did not enjoy this month. I, I like Mississippi. Uh, I I definitely put that over this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Spirit of Christmas, uh, Christmas in Mississippi, and then Operation Christmas Drop, and then Borrowed Christmas. I think we're in agreement on that. Yep. So from best yeah. to worst. I'm just glad that next month we're going to watch Christmas movies that our wives don't pick. <laughs> Speaking of which, we are about ready Tell me more. to go on a little journey to Uncanny Valley. <laughs> Warner Brothers, Castle Rock. It's rated G for sexuality and foul language. I can't watch it. (laughs) Robert Zemeckis. Is this just two minutes of the movie? Does not seem like a trailer. Many years ago, I lay quietly in my bed. Hey, it's Tom. Buddy Tom Hanks. I breathed slowly and silently. I was listening for a sound. A sound that was. Oh, this looks so creepy. I'd never hear. (laughs) As it hovers over this dead child's face. Oh, he's alive. I hate when they try to do this. When animated movies try to make it look like super realistic. Yeah, the animation on this movie is kind of creepy, but I think at the time when it came out, it was like a really big deal. Yeah, they used motion capture, which if you have Tom Hanks there, well, that and Tom Hanks plays like four different parts, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he does. I haven't seen it, but I do remember him saying that he played four different parts, but I don't know. There's got to be a better way. Like, Pixar has it figured out. They can make people that look like people, but not creepy people. Like that right there, that's a creepy... It's actually mm. a... Tom Hanks mustache needs to go away. Where? That was That's so bad. That's, did Tom Hanks just say where in a light voice like he's a kid? Does a kid talk like that the whole time? Where? I hate... Yes, he does, actually. It's just Tom Hanks doing a high-pitched voice. I remember when this came out, and it was all the rage. Uh, There's actually a name, like a scientific term, for when... Yeah. A, like a robot or an animation is too close to reality and becomes spooky, but I can't I've already said it like it three times. I just said we're going to take a trip to the Uncanny Valley. That's what it... No, there's another name for no, it. No, that's, that's the... That's the... Uh, pr- or, that's the normal nomenclature, Uncanny Valley. All right. Well, there you have it. Operation Christmas Drop. Uh, what's that? Coming over the wire. You there, Claws? Are you there? Yes, sir, Blitzen. I'm right here. Claws is here in your 10-4 good, buddy. Yeah, well, uh, it looks like Operation Christmas Drop is a big old rotten. Oh, yes, sir. Heard you. Over. Uh, yep, it's rotten. <laughs> it is a rotten movie. 
4.33. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Zach Geiler. With me is... Scott Judge. And Churro Luke Taylor. He's Churro Lady. Uh, before we go, I do want to ask Scott a question because he's the only one that's going to understand this. Uh, Scott, uh, what's better than Ted Danson? Better than Ted Danson? Mm, I don't know. Ted sitting? No, Ted singing and dancing. Thank you. Good night, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shoot. You know, she's technically her fake mama, so I wonder how she would hug her fake mama. Let's approach these podcasts as if nobody listens to them, (laughs) and so don't call back. (laughs) That's her fake mama. Zach, is your area code 270? Yes. Now I know who texted me. We're waiting on you. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you would have saved my number. Oh, no. Delete. Okay, no, real talk. Do I need to eliminate every time I said churro lady? Are they going to find that highly offensive? Or will they find it funny? Um... They No, they'll they'll be alright. Okay. If I get angry, Guam, Guatemalan letters. That did not... It's clear that... It's clear we're not being that serious about no, it. No, I love the people of Guam. I think they deserve better than this movie. I believe that the people of Micronesia know what a hairbrush is. I'm Zach Geiler, and I'm running for Congress. There- <laughs> <laughs>